And thank you for joining me once again. And uh, we haven't made it, but we are making it uh, to the end of the Bible in the course of the year. And so we've made our way to the book of Revelation, uh, the book that uh, uh, brings about, or uh, at least is the end of our uh, Bible. Uh, it tells us how God will bring all things uh, to its appropriate end. I'm going to say a few words in general uh, related to the book of Revelation, and uh, I would uh, say this for those that uh, maybe have uh, listened to me uh, preach for a number of years. One of the things I've, I've always said consistently, if I ever step up on Sunday morning and say that I'm beginning an exposition of the book of Revelation, uh, please come grab me quickly, take me off the uh, uh, platform in a white jacket that I've lost my mind, that I'm not going to try to do an exposition. Uh, I have taught the book of Revelation uh, a number of times, and, and each time I, I do it, it, it's edifying, it's challenging. Uh, I, my, my views have uh, matured over the years, and uh, I still have a lot of questions about uh, what's going on in the book of Revelation. It was interesting uh, in preparing for this. I surveyed uh, uh, a commentary that was written by a, a, a commentator, theologian, biblical scholar uh, that's quite well known, a, a man named Robert Mounts, and uh, not one given to the Tim LaHaye, Hal Lindsey excesses of uh, the last few years. And uh, he said, you know, I still remain a com committed premillennialist, which is the category I would put myself in. But uh, over the course of evidently about 20 or 30 years uh, between uh, the first edition and this, this final edition of this particular commentary, he said, my, my, my views have matured. I've learned a lot uh, from others uh, who have written from different perspectives. And so uh, I have uh, learned a lot, but I haven't learned at all, uh, I will assure you. And so uh, let's get down to some basics uh, regarding this book that most people do think of as quite difficult. Uh, it is uh, uh, by genre, an apocalyptic, that is, it uh, uh, has the characteristics of apocalyptic literature of one that has the privilege of uh, seeing the future and giving testimony uh, to those uh, contemporaries that he reports to. Uh, it's done uh, many times through, the, through visions and various symbols that at times are difficult for us to understand. Uh, there's, there are great questions to be asked about when the book was written, and, and that figures into how we interpret the book. There are those that think the book was written uh, during uh, Nero's reign, and I, uh, that would put it in the mid, uh, early to mid-60s uh, A.D., uh, some would put it a little later in that decade uh, under the reign of Vespasian. Uh, and uh, still, uh, that would be uh, prior or during uh, the time of the destruction of the temple, the, the destruction of Jerusalem. And then the view that I have held for many years is that it was written uh, in the, uh, the 90s AD, very late in the first century. Uh, I think most conservatives agree that it was written by the Apostle John. Uh, if you take the late date, uh, it was uh, uh, written uh, from the Isle of Patmos uh, during a time of exile because of John's faithfulness uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's so many other questions that we could ask. Does, does it describe, if written at an early date, is it simply describing uh, what happened, what Jesus uh, went into with the Olivet Discourse, uh, just the destruction of Jerusalem, the, the destruction of the temple, 
uh, and that's it. Uh, and all of that's occurred. Does it describe uh, things that are going to repeat themselves throughout the course of uh, the history of the world? That is, namely, uh, the persecution of uh, evil men uh, upon uh, the church. Or is it something that uh, still remains out there in uh, the future? And uh, very wise and godly men have uh, spent decades of their life analyzing the book and studying the book and have come to differing conclusions. I'm going to try to uh, uh, do this, again, as a devotional series. It's not exposition. Uh, it's not uh, going to be at the deepest level that we could go to in, in the book, largely because of the nature of what we're doing and uh, my own inadequacies, my own limitations. Uh, whatever I would say uh, about this, uh, while I would have a certain degree of confidence, uh, I would also hold loosely that I'll, I may be proven wrong at some point. Uh, uh, one of the things I like about the way uh, the Baptist faith and message speaks of the, of the end times is that God will bring all things to their appropriate end at their appropriate time. And upon that, I think all Christians can agree uh, that we are all living uh, in the hope and the certainty of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't understand and we don't even agree on all the details, but we do agree that God has called us to be faithful to his gospel until the day of his appearing. So with all of those things being said, uh, again, we'll look at chapters 1 through 3. I've chosen to, to do three chapters today. Uh, the rest of the days we'll do two chapters, but because uh, this opening section goes uh, together, and so uh, we, we see the introduction and uh, the statement regarding the author, namely John, and where he is and why he is there. Uh, this vision of uh, Jesus Christ uh, given uh, to John. And then the letters to the seven churches. And certainly I, I think uh, we could all read these letters that take the form of uh, an epistle. And we could uh, learn. Uh, from the warnings and uh, be encouraged by the encouragements uh, that, uh, uh, that comes from uh, the Word of God uh, to these particular historical churches. And so uh, with, with that being said, let, let's uh, kind of focus in uh, on a portion of chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 11. Again, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. I, John, your brother and partner in tribulation and the kingdom, and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos, on the account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write, that you, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and Pergamum and Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. And so we see here again John telling us he is the author, the apostle John, uh, who, as Jesus had said, uh, in this world you're going to have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Well, John is experiencing that very tribulation that Jesus said he would. Christians for 2,000 years have experienced tribulation just as Jesus said they would. And we all should be encouraged uh, that the tribulation of this world is temporary and that Jesus has gained the certain victory even over the evil that afflicts us. And so he is a partner in tribulation, but he's also a partner in the kingdom. He is a citizen of the kingdom that has been accomplished, has been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, his accomplishment on the cross at Calvary. And so to those who are citizens of the kingdom, he calls for them to patiently endure, to be faithful to the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, that uh, no matter the affliction that 
will come and it is sure to come. Uh, we are simply uh, called to faithfulness. And so uh, whatever uh, all of the things in the book of Revelation means, uh, we can all agree uh, that it is Christ's call, Christ's command to the church uh, to obey him, to be faithful to him, to endure in the faith uh, that he will, that he has, and he will ultimately triumph over all of the evil that opposes him and opposes his people. And so while, yes, indeed, uh, we can be a bit distressed by what we see as descriptive of God's judgment upon the world, uh, but as Jesus said, take heart. He has, and he will overcome this evil world. And so I pray that's a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.